for our Bible reading now, so if you'd like to grab a Bible. Uh, it's also time for our children to go to their activities. If you've got children in your household, uh, there's some activities that Darren has prepared for you. If you're not sure about those, you can find them on our website. If you go to Sundays and the live section, you will find um, them there. For the rest of us, if you'd like to turn up Philippians uh, chapter 2, and we're going to be reading verses 1 to 11. Paul writes, Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of the others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Morning, everyone. Let's pray as we come to reflect on God's word. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you that you speak to us because you love us, and we pray that you'd help us now to fix our eyes on Jesus and admire him and grow to be more like him. In his name, amen. Well, this Remembrance Sunday, we're remembering sacrificial service given by many. We're remembering the sacrificial service of the armed forces, they have sacrificed and continue to sacrifice very much for our national safety. We're remembering also the sacrificial service of many in the fight against coronavirus, our NHS, and many more who have given so much to protect us. And with the return of lockdown this week, for many of us, this will be the first time that we haven't been able to meet together as a church on Remembrance Sunday. For others, maybe you're tuning in from lockdown for the first time. But in this tough year, we're thankful for the sacrificial service of many. One person who's, uh, who's been highlighted for his service is Captain Tom. Captain Tom, in a year to forget, a man to celebrate. Captain Tom is a World War II veteran. Earlier this year, when he was a year shy of his 100th birthday, he pledged to walk 100 laps of his garden to raise 250 pounds for the nurses at his local surgery. Well, his pledge went viral, and he ended up raising 40 million pounds. On his birthday, he got 160,000 birthday cards, a phone call from the Prime Minister, a special card from the Queen, and an RAF flyby. Not to mention a knighthood 
and becoming the oldest person ever to top the charts. We admire and celebrate those who put others ahead of themselves. And as Christians, we know that's not an accident. We admire and celebrate sacrificial service in others because it's a little echo of the ultimate servant. Verse 5 of Philippians chapter 2. In your relationships with others, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Jesus exemplifies sacrificial service. No one else has ever given up so much for the good of others. No one else has ever come down so low to raise others up so high. And there's a lot of deep theology here for us to sink our teeth into. How could Jesus be in very nature God and yet become human? How could the Son be equal to the Father and yet empty himself and die for us? Well, it's right to wrestle with those questions. They are very important. But this isn't just meant to be informative. It's meant to be transformative. Look again at verse 5. Jesus' sacrificial service in your relationships with one another have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. How does God want us to relate to one another as a church family in lockdown? We're to have the same self-giving mindset as Jesus. And there's a reason we're told that, because naturally we, we don't lean that way, do we? we? We lean towards the stuff in verse 3, selfish ambition and vain conceit. Selfish ambition, that's that's thinking of yourself too much. When you wake up and you're immediately thinking about yourself, what's on my to-do list? How's today going to pan out for me? Sometimes I'll look back on a day and think, gosh, I did so much just for myself. It's, it's that irritation when, when your child interrupts you or, or a friend calls you up or your parents tell you to do something. And that's irritating because I'm focused on my stuff. It's like we're in a play, and I'm the main character, and everyone else is meant to have a supporting role. Selfish ambition, thinking of myself too much. And then conceit, that's thinking too much of myself. I deserve that promotion. How dare they criticize me? How could she say no to me? Look at me, everyone, I've just posted an update. They should do it my way. Phew, I'm glad I'm not like them. Thinking too much of yourself. Selfish ambition and vain conceit. It's self-centeredness, selfish pride. An attitude that's all about me, my goals, my rights, my status. And let me say three quick things about that kind of self-centeredness. First, it's everywhere. Every generation struggles with self-centeredness because it's a problem of the human heart. 
But think of today's big slogans. Just be yourself. Be true to yourself. You do you. It's all over social media, and every child has grown up with it in, in most Disney movies that they've watched. Just be yourself. And there are good elements to that, but, but just be yourself easily morphs into just be selfish. Put yourself first. Live for yourself. In a TED talk two years ago, uh, the speaker said that apparently 1,000 selfies are uploaded to Instagram every second. And the average millennial will take 25,000 photos of their face before they die. The selfie generation, it's, it's everywhere, self-centeredness. Second, it's miserable. Self-obsessed people are racked with insecurity. You know, it's no secret that the selfie generation is the sad generation. Maybe you've heard of status anxiety. It's, it's this idea that if, if I'm obsessed with my place, you know, where I am on the career ladder, um, how I'm doing at school, how attractive I am, then, then everyone else is just a threat to me. And, and I'll be really anxious about that. And that takes us to the third thing. Self-centeredness is isolating. It cuts us off from other people, like it isolates us in self-centered bubbles, so that instead of working together, well, we're each off worrying about ourselves and doing our own thing. You know, when a national lockdown hurts, the first thought is, what about me? How am I going to get through this? Self-centeredness. It's the opposite of Christ's mindset. But God has a better way for us. Instead of selfish pride, loving humility. Look back at verse 3. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. Humility. What does that mean? Well, Winston Churchill is said to have said of uh, one of his political opponents that he is a humble man with much to be humble about. And there is something to that. Humility is partly realizing I have much to be humble about, you know, having a, a realistic view of myself, the opposite of vain conceit, uh, realizing I am not nearly as great as I like to think I am. And there's... but. But humility is, is more than that. See, it's good for me to have a realistic view of myself. But, but at the end of the day, if, if that's all humility is, what I think of me, then my focus is still on myself, isn't it? I'm still looking in. I'm still the main character in the play. When humility is more forgetting about myself, and getting on with serving others. One writer put it this way, humility is less thinking less of myself and more thinking of myself less. Thinking of myself less and thinking of others more. Like Paul says, in humility, value others above yourself. That doesn't mean put yourself down. It means raise others up. Put others above me 
and my agenda. Not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. I wonder how often do you look in the mirror? As a Northern Irish person, that's, that's a word I have to say carefully, mirror. Well, think about looking in the mirror. You know, uh, often we think that humility means being falsely modest about what you see, but it's not that. Uh, better to neither be falsely modest or big-headed about, about what we see, be realistic about ourselves. But better still, just not to look in the mirror that much because we're less wrapped up in ourselves and more consumed with the needs of others. C.S. Lewis said that if you meet a humble person, what you'll notice about them isn't that they're really self-deprecating or modest. What you'll notice is that they took a genuine interest in you. And you might even be jealous of them because instead of being consumed with their rights and their status and their goals and miserable, they're free of all that stuff. Humble people are happy people. They're not worrying about their place in the pecking order. They're loving others. And that is what Jesus beautifully exemplifies. I wonder, maybe you can think of a time when someone's got themselves into a real mess and they've needed you to fix it for them. A family member who's gone off the rails and then one day they turn up on your doorstep. A colleague who's made a big mistake at work and they need your help. What thoughts tend to go through your mind at that point? That's not my job. They got themselves into that mess. They can get themselves out of it. That's beneath me. That's asking too much. And then imagine God the Son looking down on a world of ruined creatures who've got themselves into the mess of sin and judgment. And he would be entirely within his rights to stay safe and leave them in their mess. And what does he do? Verse 6, being in very nature God, he did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. No selfish anxiety over his rights, his status, his goals. Here is how the God of the universe teaches us humility. He models it for us. He valued others above himself, thinking not about his interests, but the interests of others. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that beautiful? And then imagine a whole community of people like that, a church family where when a national lockdown hits, the first thought isn't about myself. The first thought is, oh, what, what about that person that, that I usually see on a Sunday? How are they going to get through this? How can I look out for them? And don't you want that? Don't you want to be part of that? I do. But it's a big ask having the same mindset as Christ Jesus. How, how is it going to happen? Well, there are two things. First, be a Christian. 
C.S. Lewis said, again, that if you want to be humble, the first step is to realize that you're proud. And if you don't think that you're conceited, then you're very conceited indeed. That TED talk I mentioned from a couple of years ago, uh, as far as I know, the speaker wasn't a Christian, but he got this. He, he realized he was a proud person. But his solution was just to, to surround yourself with humble people and copy them. And there's something to that, but it's not enough. For a start, it won't get me forgiveness. My selfish pride is something I need God's forgiveness for, and I can't achieve that. I need Jesus. Jesus, the only one who was fully humble, who died for my pride, to buy me forgiveness. I need him. And I need Jesus to help me be humble. You know, I, I could look at people and, and learn some new behaviors, but I can't change my heart. I can't change the deep self-centeredness in here to be love. Only Jesus can do that. And he can do that. If I trust him, then he will make me more like himself. So that's the first thing, to have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. I need to trust him. I need to be a Christian. And here's the second thing. Admire Jesus. Let me be honest. There's, there's a stupid part of me that thinks Paul could have stopped at verse 4, or maybe after verse 5. You know, he's, he's told us, don't be self-centered, be humble, be like Jesus. Uh, well, he's, he's told me what to do, so, so I guess I just have to go and do it. Job done. That's what part of me thinks. And that part of me is stupid, because we don't change just by being told to be a certain way. We change by beholding Christ, by looking at him, and having our hearts drawn to him in love and admiration and longing to be like him. And so Paul doesn't stop until he has set Jesus before us in all his wonderful loving humility so we can gaze on him and long to be like him. In other words, if you want to grow in humility, if you want to help someone you love grow in humility, then look at Jesus. Don't skip over him and skip straight to whatever practical stuff you might need to do. Look at Jesus. Admire him. Love him. Isn't he wonderful? Don't you want to be like him? Admire Christ. And as we do that, know that God loves this attitude. That's the point of verse 9 to 11. Here's what God the Father thought of Jesus' humility. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. See, focusing on others ahead of yourself might mean that you don't rise up as high as you could in this life. But look at Jesus, the one who died on a cross for others, is now on the highest throne as Lord over all. And one day everyone will acknowledge that, whether willingly or not. In other words, don't be afraid that you'll lose out for being humble. God loves it. He won't ignore it. 
He is more able to, to exalt us than we are to exalt ourselves. So over to you. Where do you need to say no to selfish pride and pursue loving humility? Maybe it's school. What's the main reason that you're in the classroom? Is it so you can get ahead or so you can serve the others you're with? Maybe there's a particular relationship where you need to make it less about yourself and more about them. Maybe it's our church family. I hope we're missing each other. But what are we doing concretely to serve one another, calling each other up, calling round for each other, doing each other's shopping, serving one another? Whatever it is, trust in Jesus for forgiveness, depend on him for help, and look to him in admiration. Let me give us a moment to reflect, and then I'll lead us in a prayer. Well, now would be a good time to bring any children uh, back into the room with you so we can share the act of remembrance together in just a moment. First, let me pray. Lord Jesus Christ, we are bowled over at your, your humility in giving yourself for us from coming down so low for our good. Please help us to admire you and to be moved to be more like you today and this week, we pray. Amen.